Hi, Cornel, Marla. I'm excited to have you two here today. Welcome to Table Talk. I think before we begin, I would love for you two just to introduce yourself and maybe uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Marla, I, I will start with you if you don't mind. Thank you, Andre. Um, my name is Marla, like you said. I'm a wife to Eugene, a mom of three kids. I've been part of the furniture for at, at this church for a long time, um, but I'm also an occupational therapist that's specialized in psychiatry and community development. So I'm very excited to be here and talking about this. Great. <laughs> Hi, um, I'm Cornell, and it's wonderful to be with you, and thank you for the opportunity. Uh, I'm an elder in the local church, as well as uh, I'm a psychologist in private practice in town. Uh, I'm married to Minette, and um, I think this year we would be married 28 years. And uh, yeah, my practice has been running for a couple of years, so yeah, it's wonderful to be here. I feel very safe with you two here. It's great <laughs> to have two people of uh, your stature here with us, um, two people not only having church experience, but also as professional uh, professional people, as we, we are going to discuss a very, very challenging topic, the topic of depression. And I think our aim today, I want to say this at the beginning, is not to try and solve every problem with regards to that or give an answer to everything, but we're going we're gonna to explore and hope to find biblical truth, not just opinion, on this matter. So without further ado, Marla, if you hear that big word depression, what's the first thing that goes through your mind? I think when I think of someone that is depressed, um, it can be someone that is just going through a season of feeling depressed because of circumstances, maybe financial difficulty or relational dysfunction or um, yeah, whatever it may be, illness. Or it can be someone that has been feeling that way for a long time, a more clinical picture. Um, but it's someone that really struggles with day-to-day -day activities. They don't have the drive and motivation to get up out of bed, to make decisions, to problem solve. So, yeah, it, it's someone that's struggling and sometimes feels very ashamed because there's such that's a good. stigma to depression. That's good. I like that you use that word and I hope that yeah. we're going to speak a bit more about the stigmas and so on. Mm. Cornell, I want to ask you the same question. First thoughts on that word? I think there's not a single person on this planet that yeah. do not battle with depression. Um, but I think there's different ways that people express themselves when they're in that, say, that black hole. And um, for me, depression is something that it's part of our natural rhythm that, um, like the ocean, some days it's high and some days it's low, uh, but it constantly comes and goes. And I think that's our own lives, is that we have to realize that we cannot always be on top. And um, I think there's a saying that um, in, in Saudi, of too much sunshine, they have a desert. So if you have always a bright day, then you might get into a desert state. Yeah. So I think for all of us, we have to realize that our lives do fluctuate. And it's wonderful to look at um, David, for instance, mm. in, the, in Scripture, that he's very realistic about some days things are not as great as he has hoped for. Uh, and then there's days that he's wanting to dance and just sing before the Lord. So when we can recognize that that's part of who we are as human beings, that we do go through these rhythms, it's helpful. 
It's, it's a powerful statement. I think already people can associate with what you guys shared. Um, I love how you started about that there's not a person on this planet mm. not going through depression. And I think already that takes the pressure off. Okay, yeah. so I might be one of those mm. those people and already I think it's, it's addressing some of that stigma around depression. And you mentioned David and I would love to read a a passage from scripture to us if you don't mind and then I would love for you to, to respond on that specific passage and it's a, it's a very familiar passage in Psalm um, 42 verse 5 and 6 and I would love to read it from the message translation and uh, David says the following why are you down in the dumps dear soul <laughs> it's so beautifully said why are you crying the blues fix my eyes on God. Soon I'll be praising again. He puts a smile on my face. He's my God. When my soul is in the dumps, I rehearse everything I know of you. It's so beautiful, Mala. It is really beautiful. I, I think, you know, if we, if we take the word of God and we use it as a manual for life, we will be so much better for it. Because um, like David, he is honest about what he's feeling. Um, he addresses his own soul, but then he also mm. he goes to God and he knows where his hope is from. Um, yeah. So it's yeah, it's very important to 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 look at Scripture and take it and eat it and work with it when you are feeling depressed and to be honest about it. But then to mm. remain in God and to keep focusing on Him and to go back to Scripture all the time. So Cornell, in line with what you said, with every person going through it, it's almost good to acknowledge it. And, and as David, learn a kind of a discipline mm. in yourself. Does it make sense? Yeah, I think there's a, a realness about what David is saying, is that when you're in that situation or in that state, it's not to, to try and avoid or deny it. And uh, I, I think that sometimes when we, we go through those troughs in life, um, I think for me the healthy thing is, is to then allow myself to get into that state and say, all right, I'm not doing great. Um, and I let myself wallow for maybe about two to three days. Mm. Um, but then if, if that's done, I would say to my soul, all right, I've given you your, the break. It's now time to, to get up, to go wash your face and let's get going again. And to me, that is the, the natural rhythm of trying to deal with my own life mm. and my own circumstances and understanding that it's not always bright and shiny. Mm. But if I then remain in that trough where mm. I do not get out, then I start to realize maybe there's something more going on at the present moment than just going through a normal cycle of depression. It's mm. very, very good said. Like, um, I want to address maybe two things here, if I can be very honest. Um, firstly, we said acknowledge it. And I think both of us uh, here in this studio can agree that many times people don't want to acknowledge it. And that might be a problem. And then secondly, other people sometimes wear it like a badge and use it as a scapegoat or as an excuse. Um, any comments on that, Marla? <laughs> um, I think... It is a difficult thing to acknowledge, especially as believers, I think, mm. um, because people are, are very quick to try and fix. Because we care for one another, we want to 
we want to help and we want to fix the situation. Um, and we use the word mm. sometimes to do that. I know in my own experience, people have encouraged me to speak life, Proverbs 18, um, mm. to count it all joy when you face trials of many kinds. In James 1, we all roll our eyes when we hear those scriptures, especially when you're not feeling well. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think those things sometimes make it worse. It almost makes it harder for us to acknowledge because mm. we feel that we, we're not speaking life enough or we don't have enough faith mm. if we are feeling depressed, especially when it's more than the three days and yeah. it's a little bit longer. Mm. So the acknowledgement is difficult because of the stigma, I think. That's good. Yeah. Cornell? Yeah, I think for me, um, we have to be real. And, um, and David... He's not that he's not a believer or not believing in God, but he was able to to look at that circumstances and say, "But my soul is depressed." And um, I think when we get honest with ourselves and God knowing us, He knows mm. me from the start of life to the end of my life, mm. and He knows how He has put me together. So for me. When I get honest with God, God says, well, my boy, now we can deal with it. Yeah. I don't have to impress him. I don't have to try and prove myself to him because I know whose I am. Mm. And through that, I can be totally honest. And I think that is where the start of breakthroughs come. I love that. Yeah, if I can add to that, it's, that's so very true. I mean, we, God made us. He made us as his workmanship mm. and if you're feeling depressed that you are a person made by God with a depressed mood mm. you are not a depressed person you're still mm. a child of God so I think yeah it's very important to know our identity in God mm. Mm. when we are dealing with it so it's the same thing as having another diagnosis yeah. we are still a person with a diagnosis so mm. it's it doesn't bring shame to us or to God mm. if we acknowledge our our feelings so good May I just yes, interject with something about a diagnosis? Um, you did say early on that sometimes people wear it as a badge. That's right. And um, you have, on the flip side, you have people that, that actually are quite happy that they do carry this badge. Mm. And the way I try to explain it to people is that um, the jacket that I'm wearing, um, it's a specific make, it's a specific type. Mm. Um, and there's a little label on the inside of this jacket yeah. that says it's uh, Irish tweed, but that's only a little label that's saying what the jacket is made of, but it is not the jacket in itself. Mm. So we're much more yeah. than just a diagnosis. That's beautiful. Mm. That's beautiful. I want to touch on something, Marla, that you said about people encouraging you to to speak life. So it sounds to me that relationships other people plays a part in this yes very much can i, I want to read a scripture and then maybe we can delve a little bit deeper into the relationships around us in galatians 6 verse 2 paul says the following bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of christ um and and then and for me it sounds like almost a, a commandment with two sides on it mm. for for someone that's maybe let's take depression as an example that's not struggling with it at the moment mm. it's a command maybe to help someone that's struggling with it mm. does that make sense mm -hmm. yes. and then on the other hand if i'm the person struggling with it 
it's a command for me to let someone mm. help me with it. Mm-hmm. Very true. Please yes. respond. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's such a great thing. I mean, God is, he is just amazing because he made us to be part of a body. Mm. Um, and as the person who feels depressed, you need certain things. And as the person who is helping, you are able and in, um, empowered by the Holy Spirit to provide certain mm. things. Um, so the bearing of the burden doesn't mean that you try and fix someone and just, you know, let's just pray for you. And then six months later, you are irrit- irritated with that individual because they're not fixed yet. Mm. Um, it is standing with someone, being quiet enough, long enough, mm. being with that person. Um, yeah. You know, that, that scripture that I re- referenced earlier in James 1 that says, count it all joy, just a little bit later in that verse, it speaks about us needing to be quick to listen and not so quick to, to speak. Mm. Um, and the same thing in Proverbs, if I can read this quickly. Um, the word of God says in Proverbs 12, verse 18, reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise bring healing. Mm. And I think as the person helping the depressed person, we should be careful to be patient with one another, that bearing of another's load, um, and to be careful with our words. We should definitely encourage people and we should encourage them with the word, but we should also listen to the Holy Spirit in terms of timing mm-hmm. of it. Um, and sometimes it's just, it is a word, but sometimes it's a practical thing. Mm-hmm. I remember in days when I was really low, one of my friends rocked up with a muffin and it made my day. It's wow. such a silly thing, but yeah. simple little things like that makes such a big difference. So your gifting might not necessarily be words of encouragement, but mm-hmm. it might mean be baking or it might be taking the kids to school or whatever. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we need to be practical with helping people carry their burdens. I love that. Cornell, if I maybe can uh, tweak it a little bit. You said at the beginning you're part of eldership. Uh, does it mean if other Christians should help me with depression, should it only be someone that's a pastor or an elder or a duomini or someone? So um, I think that, uh, no, it's not just those that's in leadership positions because mm-hmm. I believe that um, that's God's beautiful plan with the church and he's put us together as the priesthood of all believers mm. and the day that you accept Christ um, he also gives you his Holy Spirit so I do think that we as the church needs to play a much bigger role in uh, looking out for one another and actually bearing each other's burdens and uh, that's where the connectivity you know, the authenticity of the church is so important the world is looking for something like that, where people are that say that they are part of a body, that they actually act like a healthy body and not mm. like a, a sick bride, but like God's healthy bride. Mm. Yeah. So that's my take on that we should actually be all ready and looking out for one another. That's great. That's great. I think it's a great challenge for us as Christians. Um, and if I can maybe go back to where we started, I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to see I don't know if you can call it stages, Cornell, um, but but firstly, I think our relationship with God gets exposed in a in 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 a manner of speaking, with me getting to learn a discipline of taking my emotion of feeling depressed to God. Secondly, you're just talking about having healthy, godly relationships mm-hmm. in our lives, people that can speak into our lives and not. Ne- not necessarily only pastors and leaders, yeah. but fellow 
believers mm-hmm. and for us to believe that we have the Holy Spirit and that the Spirit of God wants to use us in other people's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but it brings me to the question if I have that and I still am in a prolonged uh, season, if I can call it like that, of depression. Is it is that kind of the stages where I know maybe now I should seek professional help? I think that... Um when when things do not seem to lift, when that heavy cloud do not seem mm-hmm. to lift, um, I think when you have a toothache, there are certain local remedies that you would apply, but at some point you're saying, now I need to go to the that's dentist. Right. So you're not sitting there with a the toothache forever. And I think um, that's at some point where we can call on the medical profession and saying, guys, I'm not doing well. Is this maybe something that you can help me with? And I think um, when there is talk of medication, um, I believe that medication does play a role, uh, but I'm not sure if we want to maybe expand on that at the moment. I would love that because I think that's one of the stigmas around depression is is medication. Um, On the one hand, people don't want to go that route. Um, And on the other one, sometimes people in their faith are so challenged that they just want to leave it. Um, so uh, if you maybe can explain that a little bit more to us, I would, I would really appreciate it, Cornell. So I think medication doesn't solve problems. Mm. It basically aids us in order to, to pull us together. And I think that um, my understanding of medication is that it gives us a bandwidth. So it cuts out maybe the highs and it cuts out the lows and mm. gives us a bandwidth to operate in. So sometimes people that's very depressed once they have taken medication, it's almost th- that there's more of a um, understanding that I can now work with that person to look at what are the circumstances that we can deal with. Not to say that you will stay on the medication for forever. Mm-hmm. It might be a prolonged period of a couple of months, but at least we give a, get ourselves to a baseline. Mm-hmm. Um, and a similar um, comparison is if you think of having broken a leg, um, you, you have to put a cost on the leg to fix the leg. Mm-hmm. So the leg doesn't just grow by itself. Um, you have to help it and assist it. But the cost is not fixing the leg. It's just holding the leg together. And that's um, what I think in some or most mm-hmm. instances medication can do. I love that. And, and, and again, what I'm understanding from your examples is a cost isn't permanent. Yeah. That's yes. not how you're going to be now. Yes. Um, does it make sense? And does the medication work like that too? Yeah, I think um, in, in some circumstances, people need to stay on medication um, for much longer, depending on the type of diagnosis. And um, when, it's in, when there's more psychiatric issues uh, of, of a more of a serious state, right. we, would, um, we would entreat people to go with what the psychiatrist or the mm. physician has told you to do. Mm. And even if there is someone in the local body that's saying, you know what, I believe on, on your behalf that you don't need to take your medication, mm. um, I, would, I would gently ask, um, please do not step in into maybe that realm when there is a serious mm. psychiatric condition because it might make matters worse. Mm. But for the majority of cases, I do not think that medication yeah. is there for life, that you have to mm. take it forever. Yeah. Again, I like what you're saying. It's I, I don't, as a patient, if I my leg isn't a cost, I don't decide. The cost is now coming <laughs> off. I go back to the doctor again, and then he decides, yes, the leg is healed. 
and I can take off the cost. So it makes a lot of sense to me. Mal, I don't know if you want to respond on anything. Um, I agree with Cornell. I think we should be careful to not make it a faith versus medication mm. issue. Um, God is sovereign. He made medicine. He made all the things that we make the medicine for. Um, and we still believe in him as the healer. We're just using things that he's made available to us. Mm-hmm. That's brilliant. Can I ask a, a last concluding question? Is Jesus the answer? I, yes, I, obviously he is the answer. Um, you know, I was thinking about this in preparation for our talk. We go to psychologists and to whoever, and we, we almost think that they are clairvoyant. They're not. Um, might come as a surprise. But God is the one that tells the medical professional or your friend with wisdom or the community around you how to help you best. Um, so therefore, yes, Jesus is the answer because mm. he, he gives us his word as guidance. He gives us the Holy, mm. Holy Spirit. He went away so the Holy Spirit can be our comforter, the comforter and our guide. So yes, obviously he is the answer. Awesome. Cornell. Well, God has made us to be his representation on this planet. And to me, there's not just a, a God relationship and it's not just a human relationship. It's the combination. Mm. So, and... For us to actually access God through Christ, he's made it a a way for us. And when Jesus left, he said, but I won't leave you orphans. I'm going to send you my Holy Spirit. So to me, it's not, is Christ or the answer? I'm saying, absolutely, he is the way and the truth and the life. Amen. Amen. I want to thank both of you before we say goodbye. Cornell, would you mind just praying for us and um, just whatever is on your heart? I'll gladly do that. Father, we, um, we're so grateful for this opportunity where we can come and, and discuss a very key topic, Lord. And we want to bring our hearts before you and we say, Father, uh, through this uh, message and through this uh, panel discussion, I pray, God, that if people out, out there that are searching and really lonely and, and seeking assistance, God, that through this that their hearts would be touched and that they would realize that you are true and you are faithful and that you are near and you are ready to help in a time of need and father let us as your conduits and people that you've placed on this planet let us be ready for action and help those that are in need in jesus name amen 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 thank you cornell thank you marla Hmm.